and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. And I'm excited today. We're going to kick off another little uh, series in our in the life of our podcast. And if you've already seen the title of this, uh, this is going to be kind of a narrower focus um, episode series. And we're just going to title this a new members series. And so what this is going to cover, we hope to, in, in the future, to put many more episodes out, talking about the basics of and the distinctives of our church. So if you've uh, come to Believer's Baptist Church and are interested in church membership, if you've maybe attended some of the new membership classes already, whatever phase of life you're in right now with regard to church membership here, we hope these episodes will be helpful to you. And today I'm happy to be joined by two of our elders here, Patrick Covington and Kyle Slaymaker. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This will be, uh, we really want this to be a, a, a specific resource for those, again, like I said, who would be um, interested in church membership, but also <clears throat> it would certainly have a broader use for those who are um, who have been church members for a while here, and maybe just want to brush up on some basics. There is always a good time to be um, going back to the basics as it is. Uh, in sports, if you've, you've coached sports before, you've played before, um, the fundamentals is what it's all about. You're not going to be a good player in any sport unless you can master the fundamentals, and you're always going back, right? Absolutely. Am I, am I right in that? Sense, yeah. Okay, so... Today, we're going to cover a fundamental, a basic, and we're asking the question, what is baptism? And so I'm just going to kind of put this out there. I'm going to moderate our episode today. Patrick and Kyle, you guys kind of take over this morning. We're going to try to answer in a very succinct way and helpful way, what is baptism? All right. Well, um, thinking through baptism is, um, you know, there's a thousand thoughts running every direction when we talk about baptism. Because it's something that's often misunderstood, um, and it's really, truly detrimental to the church. Um, so baptism is something we hope to make clear today. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that with, without taking uh, several hours to accomplish it. Um, but I think if we're talking baptism, and, and we're going to try and define it as succinctly as possible on a, on a foundational level, what we have to realize is that baptism is a sign of of our union with Christ, uh, fundamentally. I love that. That's um, good. That is that is the reality of what baptism is. Of course, there's a lot more detail um, to, to talk about, a lot more that goes into that besides just saying it's a sign of our union with Christ. But that's something that we always, what, that we need to keep in mind throughout the duration of our time talking about baptism. It's a sign of our union with Christ. Um, uh, maybe thinking a little bit deeper um, about it, just on a on a foundational level uh, as well. We want to think about the purpose, um, you know, because the purpose is often misunderstood, just like we misunderstand what baptism itself is. 
And uh, for thinking through what the purpose is, um, I really think uh, our confession that the, that the elders hold to the 1689, the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, is helpful, um, not in actually the chapter about baptism, but in the chapter about faith, uh, it's chapter 14 of the confession, and this really helps us to understand the purpose uh, of baptism as well as uh, what we're going to be talking about in the next episode, the Lord's Supper. Um, so I'm going to read this, and I think it'll be helpful to us in, in our thinking through what baptism is um, as it regards to the faith. Um, so paragraph or chapter 14 of the uh, 1689 on saving faith, the very first paragraph reads, The grace of faith enables the elect to believe so that their souls are saved. It is the work of the Spirit of Christ in their hearts. Faith is ordinarily produced by the ministry of the Word. Right, so think preaching, teaching, um, by the same ministry, by the same ministry, the ministry of the word, and by the administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper, prayer and other means appointed by God, faith is increased and strengthened. So that's what we want to think about. Um, the point of baptism, the purpose of baptism, as well as the Lord's Supper, is to increase and strengthen our faith. And in that way, baptism is what we would call a means of grace for us. Um, so defining them baptism, you could say that baptism is a means of grace wherein our faith is increased and our faith is strengthened, which is a sign. It's an outward sign of an inward reality that we are united with Christ. Oh, that's really, really good. Kyle, do you have any input before, while we're kind of at the opening stages of the episode? <clears throat> um, no, I mean, I think he, uh, he hit the nail on the head with that. I mean... Um, you know, I mean, it, that's that's a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say contrary, but, you know, those of us who have been raised um, in traditional Baptist circles, uh, you know, we may have a different, or have brought up with kind of a different understanding of what baptism is. And uh, we'll unpack that a little bit more as we go on, but, I mean, I think what uh, Patrick said was so important that, you know, this is, you know, the purpose of baptism is about Christ. It's about our union with Christ. It's about what uh, what he has done for us, and it's, you know, as a means of grace, um, so yeah, I, I think he, uh, I think he said everything uh, really well there. Um, do we want to continue on with uh, going through? Um, let's let's continue on going through the 1689, if that's all right. And uh, I love that. And we'll, we'll just kind of we'll talk about uh, chapter 29 of the 1689, and uh, kind of what uh, it has to say about baptism. So. Um, in the, in the 689, uh, chapter 29, um, the first paragraph says, Baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament, ordained by Jesus Christ. To those baptized, it is a sign of their fellowship with him and his death and resurrection, of their being grafted into him, of remission of sins, and submitting themselves to God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. Mm. So, I mean, that I think that... Uh, that says it perfectly, and um, you know it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a, a change of mindset from what a lot of us have uh, maybe been taught growing up, and that you know it's, it's an ordinance. It's um, it is a it is what um, Christ has uh, has instructed us to do, and the ordinance is, as it says, it is a sign of our fellowship with Him in His death and resurrection. Uh, so this is really, it's about Christ and his work. You know, the, the, you know baptism isn't just, a, uh, isn't just a, a time where I get to go and 
be dunked and, you know, show the world that, you know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to follow him. And, um, you know, it's not about, you know, my commitment to Christ and, you know, it's not about, um, about, you know, how am I going to be faithful from here on out? No, baptism is about, you know, what Christ has done and it is pointing to Christ and it's pointing to, you know, the work that he has done for us. Right. That's yeah, really absolutely. Good. The kind of the mainstream thought of, of the more thoughtful people out there, maybe, maybe think, um, Calvinist type churches, evangelical broadly, uh, the thought process is it's okay. It's the first step of obedience. Okay, if I've been saved, this is the first thing I have to do. It's also um, a commitment. You know, it's my commitment to live faithfully to Christ, and it's. Um, and I would really quickly, I would say that that there there are all those elements in baptism. Absolutely, I yeah. wouldn't say categorically that those are not part of what baptism is. Right, right. But I think what we're trying to do here. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think what we're trying to do here is help to add more of a full-orbed understanding. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Um, it is of the, of the obedience itself. to God to be baptized. Absolutely, it is it's obedience. An ordinance, right? Yes. Um, you think what an ordinance is. It's a law. It's a command. It's a command. That's um, right. So, yes, we do do it. Um, it is obligatory for us to be baptized after we've been saved. It is, you know, it is, as the confession even said, um, uh, submitting ourselves to God, right? Well, while we're right here talking about the ordinance and the command of Christ, where do we find in Scripture, where do we find biblical warrant for this? Um, the confession is um, using the Scripture as its authority. So where in Scripture do we find this ordinance put in place for those who would profess faith and repentance in Christ? Well, it's, uh, it's all over uh, the New Testament, particularly you see it in Acts, you see it through the, through the uh, Gospels, but if there's one plain, simple, uh, this makes it abundantly clear proof text, it's the Great Commission. Right, I don't know if Kyle, are you turned there and yeah, Matthew? Yeah, exactly. I have it pulled up. You know, this is in Matthew. Uh, this is, uh, as you said, it's a Great Commission. Um, so this is Matthew 28, and um, we will start in verse 18. And it says, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on, and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and, the, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Plain and simple, right? To make disciples of the nations, one of the things it means to make a disciple is to baptize them. And we have that on, on Christ's own authority here in Matthew chapter 28. Yeah, that's really good. Well, um, our, I didn't mean to derail your train of thought. We're reading in the Confession, chapter 29, on baptism. So, if, uh, listener, if you have a copy, you can find um, a copy of this online as well, of uh, the 1689 Confession, if you'd like to read that for yourself. So this is what the guys are talking through. Um, I've got a paper copy from Founders Ministries. We have that here at the church available as well, if you'd like to grab a copy. Uh, but moving forward in this conversation, guys, really good stuff here. So we've kind of talked about what is baptism. I love your definition, Patrick. Very helpful. A sign of our union with Christ. And now we found that there is biblical warrant and a command to baptize. And without getting in the weeds, I want to just add a follow-up question to that. If Christ said to baptize, that involves two parties. That involves someone doing the baptizing, and that involves the baptizee, mm -hmm. <laughs> if we use that sort of language. So really quickly, without getting into the weeds, if Christ commands baptism, who, who baptizes and 
Um, and we'll get to this later on in detail, but who is the one who should be baptized in brief? Sure. Well, in, in brief, uh, the one who ought to be baptized as um, Believer's Baptist Church here is kind of in our name. Uh, we would say that the biblical understanding of baptism is for believers. Uh, you see that all throughout, um, particularly Acts, but through the New Testament, the, the pattern is somebody believes, somebody repents and believes, and is baptized, right? Um, so believers ought to be baptized. So who can baptize, or who is it that baptizes? Is it an individual, um, no relation to the church, or is it someone who is a part of the church or connected with the church? Is it the church that baptizes someone, or is it a person that baptizes? It is baptizes? absolutely the church, right? It's an ordinance. It's a, a means of grace uh, put out, if you will, by the church. The church, um, the church elders have the, the stewardship obligation to baptize. Actually, the uh, confession you see that, talks about as well. Right, the confession will talk about it, and even in the Great Commission, um, yes. the keys of the kingdom, keys if you will. Keys of the kingdom, I love that. Um, being given to the apostles and then given to the church. Yeah, the keys of the kingdom have been given to the church, um, and those keys are, I guess you could distill them into the ministry of the word and um, church discipline. So adding into the church and then excommunicating from the church would be opening and closing the door, so to speak, in, in a very broad sense. And so part of the opening the door and you know welcoming in would be baptism. And in a following podcast, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper and those types of things. Absolutely. And so. I mean, the reason it's so important that it's, it's part of the church is that, you know, we talk about it being a means of grace. And, you know, the means of grace that we see in, um, in the Bible are, are many of them are, most of them are done in a, in a corporate setting, right? I mean, the, the preaching and receiving of the word, you know, that is to be done corporately. Yes. And so, you know, our, our, our salvation is not to be uh, worked out, if you will, you know, locked in our bedroom, you know, reading the Bible, you know, um, just by isolated. ourselves, isolated, right? Yep. It is to be done um, in the context of, of being with other believers. And that's why baptism uh, is important to be done uh, within the church, because not only, you know, I mean, it is a sign of their union with Christ, but it is also a sign of that person being grafted into the Amen. church. Amen. And it is a sign of that person um, becoming a part of the church. And as as other believers in the church, when we see that person baptized, we now know that person is part of our family. We have a responsibility to that person to love them and to, um, and to you know, help them grow, and so it. Uh, that's why you know. That's why it's so important. It's not to be, to be done in secret. It's not to be done on an island. It's it's you know. It's, it's something that is it's, it's part of the church. Yeah, and that leads into another follow up question that I think would be helpful for us to dive into for a few minutes. Is is baptism a public or a private endeavor? And I know that's loaded, and so I'm just going to kind of, I'm, I'm putting it to you guys to open that up, okay? I'm just asking the question. That here. is a loaded question with a lot of varying thoughts surrounding it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say, um, in the attempt to not be controversial, but to uh, stick to what the Word of God clearly prescribes for us, uh, it is a public endeavor. Um, now, that said, I do not think there aren't um, exceptions to the rule, right? It is public. It is an ordinance uh, given to the church to baptize. Um, but there are certain situations where the church is not present. Um, you know, you think uh, missionary to an unreached country. Um, the reality is you probably don't have a corporate church there. Um, and so we wouldn't say that the recent convert, you know, the first convert on this island that nobody's ever heard of, 
can't get baptized until there's um, until there's a public setting, right? Um, you see, I mean, uh, Acts. Um, you see, you see that in Acts. Um, mm-hmm. Philip you know, and the right, yeah, right. Well, now, that I would think, be exception to yeah, the rule, exactly. not the rule itself. And I think I think that you could even make a case that the church is present there because you have one believer, one believer, sure. So the sure. church is there in in an ex, uh, in a exception to the rule sense. Right. There is an indwelt believer who is qualified and ready to baptize. So the church is there. Sure. I think you could even make that case. Not trying to make you know oh, yeah, you more <laughs> difficult to understand. But definitely can. The I wouldn't is say there. categorically the church isn't there if there's a, a a qualified minister of the gospel baptizing someone sure. else. If that makes sense. So <laughs> I'm playing devil's off advocate. In the, here. Off in the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's come back. So is is the uh, is baptism public or private? Kyle, jump in here, man. Yeah. No. I mean. 100% it's, I mean, um, I mean, as Patrick said, you know, there might be uh, exceptions, but I mean, the normative, you know, what we see in scripture is that it's, it's a public, uh, it's a public event, you know, over and over again, you know, we see that, um, you know, people um, confessed, um, you know, were, were saved and then they were baptized and this was done in a, done in a public forum. This wasn't done uh, in private uh, behind a door. So it does need to be public. And the reason why, you know, the reason I said it, it does need to be public is because it is a, it is a public display of that person's um, union with Christ. And it is, you know, it's, it's that it's how they're grafted in the church. That way, you know, we know that that person is now uh, a part of the body. Um, so in, in what way, this will be a more of a narrow question, follow up to that one. In what way is baptism connected to church membership, uh, to the visible local church? Is it connected? Or well, if so, it, in what ways? Sure. I mean, uh, we would say it's true, like what we were talking about earlier, that um, baptism, uh, by and large, is the entrance into church membership. Baptism is that sign that um, the church is affirming that the reality of their union with Christ is true. And then when, you know, you have the church affirming that their union with Christ is true, that you're grafted into the church, uh, we see this um, maybe more um, clearly um, associated, maybe is the word I'm having a... A bit of a time articulating my it's thoughts early. here, but in, uh, it is early in the <laughs> I, day. We're recording this podcast early on a Friday morning, so just forgive us. <laughs> uh, but with with communion, uh, with the Lord's Supper yes. that we'll talk about later on this morning, uh, you see that reality even more present yeah. in our uh, common union together. Uh, but yes, absolutely, the church, um, the church, and um, or rather, baptism is connected to the local church in that way. Yeah. Kyle, you got any other thoughts follow up there, or should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Cool. I love it. I'm so looking. let's come back to the confession. Uh, how many paragraphs does the confession have on this? It's it has four paragraphs. Four, four um, and it's rather small. It's rather um, uh, short and concise, right, I would that say. First, yeah, that first paragraph is rich and packed it's with very great important. information on baptism. And, <laughs> exactly. And we ought to go back to that and try to, try to unpack some of that and maybe get into at least paragraph two. Um, yeah, uh, a little bit before Let, we let's do we close. this. Um, let's go back to the confession for just a few minutes, and then I'd like to um, raise uh, just a, a follow-up question to sort of maybe end the episode. Are there such a thing, or is there such a thing as an improper or invalid baptism? Are there maybe someone has said, "Well, I've been baptized before," and this is the circumstances regarding that. I mean, everyone can relate to that. Um, we come from all sorts of denominational backgrounds and various things. And so what makes um, our view of baptism as Believer's Baptist Church 
And again, this one needs to be helpful to a new member. Mm -hmm. What makes us and our position distinctive from other forms of baptism that are out there? Yeah, I so, think uh, I think if we'll answer that after we go through the confession a little that. bit, yep. it'll That's really great. make it an easy an easy answer. Because Perfect. when we go through the confession, it really makes that answer self-explanatory. All right, let's go back to the confession, 1689 Baptist Confession. All right, well, Kyle, do you want to uh, just kind of kind of read through this first paragraph and we'll, yeah. we'll pick it yeah, apart I'll read as, through we, it again. as we yeah, go so, through it again. Uh, so baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ. So we've already kind of unpacked that a little bit. It was ordained by Jesus Christ in the Great Commission. Uh, to those baptized, it is a sign of their fellowship with him in his death and resurrection, of their being grafted into him, of remission of sins. So let's kind of talk about those three points there. And um, Yeah, and I... I particularly two texts that are there. Uh, before the podcast, we were talking about these. Romans chapter 6 and Colossians 2 are crucial texts that really need to be brought into the conversation this morning. Uh, do either of you guys have that pulled yeah, up? Yeah, I have Romans 6 pulled up. So let's, uh, let's, let's start there. read with uh, Romans 6, and I'm going to read um, verses 1 through 5 right now. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall shall certainly be united to him in a resurrection like this. So we see a lot of Man, a lot so of good. wonderful information we can unpack from this one text alone. Wow. Rich, but <coughs> excuse me, um, but it makes clear, right? Um, our baptism is is a real thing. Um, now, before we dive into this text too much, we do want to realize and pull out the fact that it is a sign, right? And the confession said that it is a sign of our fellowship with Him. It's not as if baptism itself accomplishes anything in that regards. Baptism does not save us. Baptism does not unite us with Christ, the physical being dunked. We would say that there's a spiritual reality behind baptism uh, and a spiritual baptism that happens, if you will, when we are saved. We are, in the language of Romans chapter 6 here, baptized into Christ and into his death. Baptism, as we were talking about, is a sign of this glorious reality. So it's important for us to realize this, but this text here, it talks about even the reality that uh, we're in Christ, right? Uh, We are united with him, not only in his death, but in his resurrection. We've been raised to walk in newness of life. It's such wonderful, wonderful reality. And baptism then becomes a sign of that for us. So baptism is not just uh, an obligatory act that we just, we got to do. We got to get up there and be embarrassed and let everybody clap at us when we get dunked. And, you know, that's not what it is. It is something that we can look back to for all of our days um, and all of our suffering and all of our sorrow and all of our times where we are inclined to turn away. And we can say, no, Uh, we can remember our baptism, that's a physical, tangible thing we can cling to and say no. And what it signifies. Right, it's Not signifies. just the dunking, but looking back to our baptism and what that baptism then right. signifies of course. for us. Right, right. The dunking doesn't accomplish it, but it is a sign yes. of what has <laughs> happened. Yeah. A sign of the reality that we have been um, 
buried with him in that, in his death. Um, yes. And we have been raised to walk in the midst of life. So it's a, a tangible reality for that glorious spiritual reality of the gospel. Yeah. What I love about, you know, that, that Paul does here is, um, you know, he's talking about, you know, uh, you know, are we to continue to sin? You know, how can how can we who die to, to sin live in it? And what does he do? He doesn't, you know, point the, the believer back to, um, uh, you know, maybe the point where they, you know, were called by God. But no, he points them back to their baptism. It right. doesn't and point them back to their own faithfulness. It doesn't point back the to the faithfulness of Christ. Exactly. Right? Thank you. Thank you for, for saying that. Yes, he points them back to the faithfulness of Christ and, and reminds them of their baptism. And I, I think that, you know, in in the Christian walk, um, you know, especially in, in modern day, you know, we you know, baptism was kind of an event that happened. You know, we kind of forget about it. You know, it was something that maybe we did when we were a child, or something that, um, you know, we we did uh, as you know, right after we converted, we were kind of, you know, we kind of forget about it. But um, you know, Paul points us back there, and it's something that we should be thinking about. And it's something that we should remember. We should remember our baptism because it is that sign of our unity with Christ. We are to remember that we are united with Christ. And that we do have a new not a new life, and we do we are to walk in that newness of life, um, as we were buried into his death, and we were raised in newness of life. So, right, and not only that, we have the we have the power to do that. Even as Galatians three twenty seven uh, tells us that we have put on Christ through our baptism. Right, we are clothed with Christ's righteousness. Uh, so that's a, another helpful thought as we think through this, and, and what the reality is of of our baptism. We are clothed with Christ's righteousness. We have put on Christ. Amen. Man, that's really good. Any other thoughts from the confession on um, that first paragraph? Do we want to unpack the, the last couple of sentences? Yeah, I think it would be good to unpack those as well if we think um, if we think through really what we've already said as well as, I mean, the very last um, last phrase there is kind of what we just talked about. Um, the last phrase being, and of submitting themselves to God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. Right, we've been talking about that through Romans chapter 6. But even if we, uh, there's one other key text that's super, super helpful in, in thinking through this whole reality of what the sign is, and that's Colossians chapter 2. Um, I don't. I am turned there, but Kyle, would you? Yeah, you yeah, pulled yeah, up. Yeah, I'm turned like here as well. So yeah, I can read it for us. So Colossians 2. Uh, we're going to read verses 9 through 14. It says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses, oh, yeah, sorry. And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision in the flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven all of us of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he sets aside, nailing it on the cross. And what more encouraging reality could you have when thinking through what baptism is? Right, it is a sign of this glorious reality of the gospel. It is a sign of that reality that God had, has made us alive with him, that God has forgiven us our trespasses, that he's canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. He's nailed it to the cross. That is what we uh, ought to think of and ought to remember when we, we're talking about baptism. And in a spiritual sense, like we were just talking about earlier, that's, I think, 
what it means to be uh, with the baptism of the remission of sins. We have this, because we are united in Christ, he has forgiven our sins. There's an element of that, that we have been forgiven of our sins tied to our baptism, but we don't, we're not talking about a baptismal regeneration sense. Right. Um, there, there's a, we have to be careful with how we word that, but there is a real sense in which our baptism shows forth what has actually happened. Right. Yeah. Right. Our sins are forgiven. Yep. We are pardoned. Praise the Lord. Right. Yep. Baptism is a sign of all of that. Yes. Right. And it's a visual representation, right? It's a visual representation of the gospel. It is a sermon, a visual sermon yes. of, of the gospel itself and what the gospel actually accomplishes. Exactly. Praise the Lord. Right. Well, right. even even what they, uh, what, you know, Jason and whoever may be uh, baptizing here said, they say when we were baptizing people, right? Um, buried with him and in his death and raised to walk in newness of life. And what you said, I mean, the gospel is present there. It is, um, we have the forgiveness of sins. Um, Galatians 3, we are clothed with Christ's oh, righteousness, amen. right? Great text. Um, both, both aspects of the gospel are there. What we need um, as fallen sinful creatures to stand before a holy God, that reality is present in our union with Christ and baptism is a sign of that. Amen. So Amen. that is uh, that is why baptism is so sweet and so glorious and why yeah. it's something that ought not be approached as insignificant at best, right? It's a good thing for us. Uh, we ought to we ought to celebrate baptism not because the person is faithful, but because our God is faithful. Amen. And it's a reminder to us every time we see someone baptized of what God has done for us. Amen. Man, that's that's amazing. That's so good right there. Okay. So any other thoughts um, before we go to kind of our last segment today? And we're going to ask the the question, is there such thing as an improper or invalid baptism? Should I be um, why, should I be baptized? That might be a question. Need I, need I be baptized because I've already been baptized before or so I thought? Um, th- that whole realm. Let's spend just a few minutes. Let's not go too deep in the weeds there. But um, any, any thoughts before we dive into that question? Sure, yeah. Um you know, baptism is for believers. If we think about what we just said and that, that reality of baptism being a sign of our union with Christ, um, baptism being an outward sign of the gospel's reality affecting us, applied to us, we ought to be baptized after we believe, right? Um, so, yeah, there ought to be times where people should be baptized. It's it's after you believe. Um, if you were baptized as a small child um, and, you know, a Southern Baptist context because you felt coerced by your parents um, and you truly are regenerated at 32 years old, you ought to be baptized after you're regenerated because it's a sign of that reality. Um, and we would say then that the baptism before that reality was not was not a true it wasn't baptism. baptism. It wasn't representing anything That's that right. happened. And that right. isn't to say that isn't to, you know, uh, don't hear that in, in a derogatory sense of us trying to be uh, I don't know, unduly harsh. But because of how it's been defined for us in scripture that baptism fought, there's an order baptism follows something if that first step hasn't taken place then the baptism was not a baptism at all actually and so there there would not be a sense in which you need to re be rebaptized because there's never been a first <laughs> a sure. first baptism you've been dunked but the, you the, haven't you got true. wet uh but there is a yeah 
And so, of course, that can those kinds of questions come up a lot in, in various situations. Kyle, do you want to jump in there? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, because this is for uh, new members, you know, I, I kind of want to take it maybe back to a little more, you know, um, practical. Um, sure. yeah. I don't know if practical is the right word, but, you know, uh, you know, just to kind of understand, you know, how, how we see baptism as being carried out. And the confession does talk about this, right? Um, it talks about the, the outward element to be used in this ordinance is water in which the individual is to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say immersion or dipping of the person in water is necessary for this ordinance to be administered properly. So we do practice and believe in immersion, immersion. when it comes to baptism. That's right. So um, it's not a sprinkling. We're not um, sprinkling water on people. You know, we, we see it as a, a pattern in Scripture where people, when they're baptized, they were immersed. And I think that, you know, most fully... Um, conveys the message of being buried with Christ. You know, you're being you're being fully immersed in the water and then being raised to walk in newness of life. So, um, you know, so I think that that is important and that it is why we practice it that way. So, um, so you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know how we baptize. You know what you know how we carry out the um, the ordinance. Um, and then, you know, even though, you know, as, as we've said, it is a it is a command and all believers should be baptized, you know, and I know we've touched on this um, a little bit here and there, kind of woven it in there, but, you know, it is not uh, necessary, if you will, for salvation. It is not salvific in nature. Yes, um, correct, correct. You know, it is it is a is a means of grace after we have been saved to yes. And, and, and it should come very soon after we even say, but it in and of itself is not salvific. There's no saving act of being baptized. Um, you know, the thief on the cross is kind of, you know, where a lot of people kind of point to is kind of the, the proof text for that. Because, you know, the thief on the cross, he was not baptized. He didn't have any opportunity to be baptized. But, you know, you know Christ said to him, today you will be with me. And so, you know, obviously that, um, you know, he had, he made a profession of faith and, you know, that's what was counted to him as righteousness. Um, what's Sola his, fide. What's that? Sola fide. Absolutely. Right? Faith Absolutely. alone. Faith alone. So, in Christ In alone. Christ alone. 100%. <laughs> Amen. So I just wanted to kind of, kind of, you know, talk about a few of those things. Um, yeah, that's I think good. those are important as well for us to understand as new members. Good stuff. Any other thoughts as we answer the question? Is there such a thing as an improper or invalid baptism before we wrap up yeah. the episode? I don't know that I have uh, really any more thoughts on that, but uh, maybe just summarizing um, the, the whole of what we said yeah, that'd uh, be succinctly. A good way. Yeah, good. Um, you know, uh, we would say that, that baptism is a means of grace, right? Baptism is a means of grace that's given to us for our strengthening, the strengthening of our, of our faith. Um, it is a sign, a sign being a key of our union with Christ. And it is for all of those who um, personally uh, possess repentance toward God and faith, right? Yep. Amen. Kyle, any Amen. last? That's a good way. I think that's a good way to end it right yeah. there. It's that a really great helpful. way to remember it. And if you've been baptized, remember your baptism. That's right. And if you haven't been baptized, you know, talk to one of the elders and, yes. um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you about that. So. Yeah, and we're going to actually, uh, I think we're going to link in the show notes for this episode in particular, um, Another helpful episode of a podcast that we have benefited from, uh, from Theocast. And it can be, it will take you a little deeper into what we've been talking about. Today has been a, an attempt to be surface level and with basics about what baptism is. So guys, if that's it for, for y'all, uh, we'll wrap the episode up. Sounds great. Well, thanks again uh, for you today, listener, for taking your time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope that this has been 
a blessing to you. Um, I hope that you have found this uh, episode helpful as you are considering church membership, or maybe you are a new church member here thinking through some of the basics and fundamentals of the Christian faith. Don't forget, though, before you go, like and share the podcast for us. And uh, if you have a question you'd like us to consider at a future date, you can submit us a question to consider uh, through our website, bbcemory.org. On the media tab, there's a, a box there on that website, on that webpage. But until next time, as usual, grace and peace be with you all.